Hello everyone and welcome back to the Feel Good Spine podcast where I have quite literally got your back. We're going to be talking about all things scoliosis, back care related as well as mindset, yoga and fitness. In today's episode we will be specifically looking at what is scoliosis, how does it affect the body, things to look out for if you have it, And we might just breeze over some treatments for it as well. So let's get into it. So before we dive into what scoliosis is, let's just have a quick look at what is the spine? What is its function? Just a couple of things about what a normal spine should look like. Firstly, a spine is made out of vertebrae and discs. So vertebrae is the bone and discs is the squidgy bit that comes in between each vertebrae. There are four main segments of the spine. We have the cervical spine which is our neck made out of seven vertebrae. We have the thoracic spine which is the kind of middle part of our back made out of 12 vertebrae. We have the lumbar part which is our lower backs and that is made out of five vertebrae and then we have our sacral which is basically our tailbone our coccyx made out of five fused vertebrae as you look at a human being from the side every spine will have a natural s curve this is made up of kyphotic and lordotic sections of the spine so for example every thoracic spine should be kyphotic and every lumbar spine should be lordotic This basically means the upper back should have a natural roundness where the spine is rounding away from the center of the body and the lower back should have a natural curve where the curve is rounding towards the center line of the body. This develops when we are babies. So when we are babies, we are born in flexion, which is kyphosis. When the baby learns to raise its head, our cervical spine becomes naturally lordotic. And then as we start to crawl and walk, our lumbar spines also become lordotic. So these natural curves develop when we are young. Our body needs them for shock absorption, for equal weight distribution, for flexibility of movement. Like we need these natural curves in the body. Okay, so now we know a little bit about what a natural, normal spine should look like. Let's just take a look at scoliosis. So scoliosis is the lateral shift of the spine away from the plumb line. So the plumb line is just like the center line of the body, forming an S or a C curvature. So we have two main types of scoliosis. Functional scoliosis, (laughs) scoliosis, which you'd be amazed to know that apparently 80% of the population actually have. It's formed from muscle imbalances from the back or the core, from repetitive tasks like sports or maybe carrying a baby on one hip or a heavy bag on one shoulder. And it's classified as less than a 10% curvature with no rotation of the vertebrae. Functional scoliosis isn't technically considered true medical scoliosis because it can be completely reversed. Then we have my good friend structural scoliosis, which is present in 3% of the population. 
there's different types of structural scoliosis. So we have con a congenital, which is basically when the vertebrae um, deforms during birth or when you're a fetus, so you're kind of born with this disease. Um, you have neuromuscular structural scoliosis, which is a secondary condition from something like cerebral palsy or spina bifida or other medical problems. There's also the most popular or popular most common scoliosis, which is idiopathic, which means cause unknown. From idiopathic scoliosis, we have infantile, juvenile, adolescent, or adult. So that basically just means when the scoliosis starts in the body. Some scientists say that idiopathic scoliosis can have a genetic factor. Most idiopathic scoliosis happens in teens during their growth spurts, aged between like 10 and 15. And unfortunately for us females, we are eight times more likely to develop scoliosis and actually develop a more severe progression of scoliosis. So that's just great for us, isn't it? Thank you for that one again, creator, whoever is up there. Us females just love getting handed all of the fun stuff. Some scientists say this is because of the female hormones during adolescence, um, because we grow quicker than guys. Also, uh, our scoliosis is more likely to progress due to pregnancy and menopause where our ligaments and our muscles and bodies just become a lot looser. So it is quite normal for scoliosis to progress here. But I have also heard of ways that you can use this looser body to actually regress scoliosis. So hope is not lost, people. Interestingly, 67% of adults aged over 60 are diagnosed with adult idiopathic scoliosis. And this can be due to a certain form of arthritis known as spondylosis. It can also be due to disc generation or osteoporosis or all those lovely things that happen to us when we get older. So check in on granny or mum or whoever. Give their spines a check out. See how they're doing. Ask them if they have, you know, if they've checked for scoliosis recently. That might be why they have back pain. It is really, really common in the older generation. So start to look after your spine now, people. <laughs> So unlike functional scoliosis, where it's just a muscle imbalance that can be totally fixed, structural scoliosis means the degree of curvature has caused the spine to rotate. This rotation causes the discs to compress unevenly, and then therefore the vertebrae start to grow and form into a wedge shape, which means that they are forever wedge shaped and cannot be fully straightened, unfortunately. However, we can do things to address the muscle imbalances with structural scoliosis to find better alignment, but it just may not be 100% straight. You may learn that you have some structural scoliosis and some functional scoliosis. So in some cases, the major curve will be structural, and then you'll have some compensating functional scoliosis, which basically happens to just help the body to stay upright rather than leaning into your major curve.
If your major structural curve is thoracic, you might find that you have a functional lumbar curve and therefore a functional hip imbalance and maybe a leg imbalance as well. Just know that if these things are functional, they can be corrected with a lot of hard work. But just let me tell you, anything is possible, my friends, if you put the work into it. Although some scoliosis does actually form from a structural difference in leg imbalances. So this is something you'd really have to see a physio about to figure out if your leg imbalance is structural or functional and if your scoliosis is functional or structural. But that's what we're here for. That's why we're doing this. We're here to help people figure it out so that we can make it better. Some typical things to look out for if you think you might have scoliosis is a head tilt. Maybe your head is tilting to one side. Maybe you have uneven shoulders or you, your scapula is winging. Maybe you have a rib hump on one side or a flat back on one side. Maybe your hips are uneven. All these little things are indicators that you have some form of scoliosis. The rib hump especially is an indicator that you have structural scoliosis. So coming on to that now, structural scoliosis can cause a distortion of the ribs as the ribs are attached to the vertebrae. This gives us a convex and a concave side. The convex side is the side where the ribs have moved sideways, spread apart and rotated backwards. So this is commonly the side that is known as the rib hump and this is aesthetically the most obvious side of your scoliosis. The concave side is where the ribs are compressed and pushed forward. So this can cause a flat back and even in thoracic spines, which is supposed to be kyphotic, this concave side can actually be lordotic depending on the degree of rotation as it's pushing your spine forward. But this is also a really important side to note, our concave side. When we're trying to derotate and correct our scoliosis, we want to be breathing and opening into the side. So that's why if you have structural scoliosis, understanding your convex and your concave side is number one when trying to correct, straighten and strengthen your scoliosis. So in some cases, the degree of curvature is so little that there's not really any need to panic about scoliosis unless it's causing you a lot of pain because the smaller the degree of curvature, the less likely it is to progress to something severe. However, the higher the degree of curvature, the higher the chance of progression. So that's when you really want to focus on doing something about your scoliosis. Really anything over maybe 10 degrees or 15 degree cob angle, the degree of your scoliosis, is when I would start to think about doing something about it because in my experience it's only going to get worse as we get older. So that brings me into my next topic. What can we do for scoliosis? touching on this briefly now but I feel like I will make a whole podcast discussing this in more detail. Depending on the degree of your curvature you might be offered surgery or bracing to start. So anything above 45, 50 degrees, it changes a lot depending on the literature that you look at, is considered severe scoliosis and that is when you will be offered surgery. 
If you're younger, maybe you're a teenager and you're still growing and your scoliosis is quite severe already, maybe it's not severe severe but it's moderate, a curve around 30 degrees, then you might be offered a brace. So the brace basically holds you up, holds you straighter, so as you're growing your scoliosis will start to grow in a straighter position. Bracing is not really offered as an option as you have finished growing as your spine has already structurally taken that shape and isn't going to grow anymore. Both of these techniques are good but they don't totally fix scoliosis and there can be quite a lot of psychological problems or issues that come with it so obviously surgery is a huge huge process and it's going to cause a lot of damage to the body and it can take a while to come back from that. However, if your scoliosis is really, really severe, it's causing you a lot of pain, perhaps your organs are getting damaged or you can't breathe properly, then surgery is 100% the best course of action. Same with bracing. If your scoliosis is so severe when you're, you're a young teenager that bracing seems like the best option to straighten it or, or get it as straight as possible, then absolutely. But obviously you have to wear this brace, I think it's up to something like 18 or 20 hours per day. And it just becomes a part of your life. And again, it can have a lot of psychological effects especially as we're growing up so I really do see bracing and surgery as kind of last resort measures. For the majority of people whose scoliosis is not super super severe there are things that we can do that is not bracing and is not surgery. Things like Schroff theory yoga, pilates, flowability, exercises in the gym, breathing exercises that derotate your spine is honestly just the best thing in the world. So I have severe scoliosis, I have not had surgery even though I qualify for it, but I move and I function well and I don't have any pain so I just don't see why surgery would be the fit, but if I went to the doctors that's what they would tell me I would need to do. But these days I have taken other approaches using a combination of yoga, shrath and flowability to really help my spine and it is, it is doing wonders and I'm working with clients doing the same kind of thing. So I just want to let you know that there are other things that you can do outside of bracing and surgery. If you have any questions about that, please holler at me and ask me because I'm happy to help. That is why I'm here. I want to help as many people as I can not go through serious, serious surgery unless it is absolutely necessary. And even if you have had surgery, that you can still do these things to help your spine, to help reduce pain. Scoliosis is something that affects us for our whole entire lives and it's something that we have to do we have to do something about every day every day and the sooner we accept that the better it's going to be for our future selves so working today to make your scoliosis better is probably one of the best decisions that you can make for yourself
Well, my beautiful friends, I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast and learned a little something about scoliosis today. If you have any questions, please reach out and ask. I will add all of my socials below. I also have a free ebook, Helping with Scoliosis. It's got a couple of good tips in there, as well as a YouTube channel where you can kind of work out, do some yoga with me, or just listen to some of my lifestyle tips as well. I am here for you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I will see you soon. Bye!